Roadshow, episode number 414. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me, and it is a massive, massive pay-per-view week, UFC 285 here in Las Vegas. And you may say, well, that's got to be the most important thing to talk about, isn't it, John Morgan? I'll say no! You know what's most important to talk about, cold coffee? What's that? It's cold! <laughs> it's so cold in Las Vegas, bro. I have been here since 2008. I know you came just a little bit after that, maybe 2010. 2011. 2011? Yep. Do you ever remember it being this cold in March? It snowed this well, morning. Well, definitely not in March. I feel like there's been cold times. Like, I don't even think it's that crazy cold. Oh. But, like,. It looks it. It feels it because when you look around with the, the precipitation, yes. it just makes it feel colder. I've never seen the mountains, that, that whole sort of range over there that's to the left, which is like the um, uh, spring, not spring mountain ranges. I think so. Or something like I that. The and then there's another range, range yeah. uh, forward. They're all snow covered. I've never seen. I've never not, seen. Not them. just the little tips up yeah, at the just top. The tip, not, not just the, not the just tippy the top t- one. Not the just very the back tip, bank. you know. Yeah. Just the tip. Normally the, the snow god just likes to put the tip up there. Uh, it's full on, uh, full shaft of snow up these mountains, uh, and I've never seen it like that, bro. It snowed yeah. this morning before we got to the USC Apex for me today. I didn't, see it. I didn't, you I didn't, didn't get see any. It. No, it's, I mean it was rain. It was raining here. It's it it, it was snow. And and you're right. In the, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you and I have been fortunate to travel to some pretty remote places. I know you used to live up in Ohio. Of course, I lived yeah, in Ohio yeah. as well. It's not as cold as I've ever been in my life. It's in the 40s and 30s, but it's as cold as I've ever seen Las Vegas in March. And yeah. I, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> G- give me 115 tomorrow. Normally, normally I like to ease into summer a little bit. You know, kind of get that March. And then I always say April or October, baby. April, it's like 75 degrees yeah. every day. It's beautiful. Go outside. That's a great time to play golf. <laughs> give me 115 tomorrow. Yeah. Well, we might have it. <laughs> I mean, granted, it's the beginning of March. So it yes. might as well still be February. It might still be winter. You know, we're not quite in the spring thing. But it's funny because uh, – your wife went on social media and was complaining about it, but it's funny because not being from a place where it has a lot of like snow and slush and all that, right? She was trying to come up with the words to describe it. I was like, because <laughs> she's never seen it like that. She's like, what is this mix of wet stuff, snow, or something along those lines? And I was like, back home, well, we would either call that slush or we would call that blah 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 blah. But I just thought it funny because so that people true. out here like. What is this shit? You know, normally the the snow never sticks. It never accumulates enough to where you can ever get anything like a slush pattern where you're actually walking through it and you can still see the, the footprint all the way through. Uh, but, yeah, it, uh, it's definitely been uh, cold and a little nasty. But uh, the best part I took it out, like I said, was just the mountains. I think it, it, it's I was beautiful. sat at a light and looked over it, and I was like, this is beautiful. It is pretty. You know, that's one thing that, uh, you know, when you when I first moved to Las Vegas, I grew up in Dallas, right, the Plains. You yeah. know, and then even when I moved, I moved to Oklahoma. I moved to Kentucky. Yeah. I moved to yeah. Ohio. You know, all, flat. Flat, right? Uh, and then when I first moved here, all I could see was the mountains because yeah. I'd never had it. And then after a while, they just blend into the they background. They blend into the traffic until you're just like, oh, you don't even see it. But when they're covered with snow, like yeah. it's it, it is really it's pretty. pretty. It it's is pretty. pretty. So, all right. Well, listen. We'll do. Let's do a cheesy transition. It's cold outside, but it's gonna be hot on Saturday night inside the T-Mobile Arena. <laughs> now it is USC 285, and uh, man, you know we we get in these swings where we do like multiple fight cards in a row in Las Vegas, and you do kind of get into the routine, right? Because we go to the same building, we go to the yep. Apex, we go. Yep. You know, it's the same place over and over. And as much as I love the fights, I always say is there's no place I'd rather be on Saturday night. It just gets kind of routine or whatever. But then pay-per-view week rolls around, right? And 
the media days over on the other side and you got like, you know, a hundred media in there instead of like five and you got John Jones coming back who we haven't seen in three years. You've got the great Valentina Shevchenko. You've got the buzz around Bo Nickel. You've got, I mean, it just, pay-per-view weeks, I know we're just getting started into them and we still got the press conference to go where we're going to get to see those face-offs. I can't wait for that. We still got the weigh-ins to go. We're going to get to yep. see John Jones as a heavyweight for the first time ago. And then we got, you know, the fights as well, of course. But I got to say, man, um, I'm feeling pretty good after today's media day. I thought that was I thought that was a fun one. Yeah, it was good just seeing all the people. But, yeah, I mean, John didn't miss a beat when it comes to just, like, being able to sit down and answer questions and just command the media. Well, I mean – it's not that I missed his voice, but he always just had such a smooth sort of like talking voice that once he got it, I was like, man, where's this thing been? You know, I can't believe it's been, you know, how or what, three years or yeah. whatever. Um, but I, you know, just seeing how calm, cool and collected it and how big he looked. I'm, I'm so excited for that fight. Um, some of the, a lot of the other people at the, the, the day today were good. Like you, she said, you mentioned Bo Nickel. I thought he was another one that was very, you know, sort of had some really good answers, but you know, um, was sort of reserved, but was like playing the line good. Cody, Cody gave, Garbrandt, you know that was sort of a Cody yeah, you could tell the emotion that was behind every every word that he said. We'll get into breaking down this car, but I'll, yeah, just off the top, I'll say Cody Garbrandt, uh, honest, heart wrenching. Yeah. Uh, where if you didn't catch these yeah. things live, definitely It'd check. Be, it was out. like the difference of like having a guy that the world was your oyster and everything was going your way, and just being able to just like bro, I could walk through this wall with my confidence, you know, and this was a guy that you could tell that had shit happen to him. He was broken down, and he rebuilt himself back up mentally to a good spot to be ready to fight, and that's what you saw. You you saw something that was just um, all the pretension, all the, you know, airs about him mm -hmm. were gone, and it was just a guy that was honestly speaking, you know, his mind, and it was it was nice. It was refreshing. I've always liked Cody, you know, uh, especially you know having the Ohio connection. I've yes. always been one to pull from him, but also just seeing seeing a guy up there that just you know you could tell that life had life had hit him hard recently, and just to see him like pulling himself back up, you know, it was cool. It was very very cool, and it was it was great to see. You know, just the emotion in his face, and it wasn't like we've seen guys up there recently, you know, actually breaking down and stuff. This was. As open and as um, you know, emotional, but without like the tears, you yep. know. But you could tell that this guy was bearing everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was it was really it was nice to see. It's funny because I know you've always had that Ohio connection, so you've always yeah. pulled for him, right? But um, he ha and he's kind of admitted it. Like I think there's been times along the years where he's been a little bit standoffish with the media, yeah. or a little bit just like I don't even want to be well, sometimes here right at the now. prodding of his management as well. True, you know, like I can't I, like I, I guarantee he, some of that was him, but I guarantee there were some points where you know Ali was like, you know, guys, I don't appreciate what some people are doing. He's like, just don't talk to people. Just right. don't talk, you know. Yeah. And then some of these guys were just like, okay, cool. I mean, they, they, they take everything he says, you know. So, yeah, I think there was definitely errors where he was like, well, fine. But I, at, at some points, I think sometimes some of these guys are just taking direction to kind yeah. of be a little bit short. So, but that's also me not wanting to put the blame on him like that as well. Half the time, it's not Cody's, it's not Cody's fault. fault. It's obviously somebody <laughs> else's fault. I mean, a good Ohio guy doesn't have anything wrong with him. So funny, but, but no, but he was up there today, and uh, you know, as you said, going through uh, just everything that he's been through. You know, admitting, yeah. hey man, it wasn't even really the physical side of it; it was the emotional side of it. You know, I, yeah. I, I went through a divorce. I had to sell my house and relocate to Las relocate. Vegas so that I could stay Leave close. Leave his diehard team. I mean, like that dude would never. I mean. Obviously, if there was one thing to pull him away, he admitted it was his kid yeah. wanting to be able to have a life with his kid. Man, you bro, know? I relate to that because you know that team was everything. That team was his family, and you could tell that that 
the move hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and and we said this tons and tons of time about there being great teams and great people that lead the teams here in town. And he went off to rattle some of the names like Eric Nixick, you know, Dewey Cooper, a lot of the guys that are here in town that made it the transition as good as it could be for yep. a guy that literally just felt like his life was uprooted and taken, you know, somewhere else. And then here he is chasing after his former glory, chasing after his family to stay with his family and keep that going, but also chasing a career that he wasn't ready to let go of, you know, and I'm sure some of the losses and other stuff are giving him questions, but then seeing his life sort of like go through all these sort of spirals that were just spiraling out of his control, you know, to, to take another ditch effort to come out here, you know, and, uh, I appreciate what he was saying about Vegas. You could definitely tell that, you know, while this wasn't his uh, initial pick, that when some people asked him about, like, some of his places where he likes to go, dude, he rattled off without hesitation oh, some spots. Coffee and I was shops, like, I was sushi like, restaurants, I was like, steakhouse. You know, so he's embraced it, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, and this could be in a couple of years from now he might say, you know, you know, it was weird at first. I, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to think about moving out here, and he might love it, you know. I might know be his turning point. It took a couple of years for me to really say, like, this was home. I always thought that this was going to be maybe three, four years. We'll just see what happens. Now I can't think of anywhere else where I'd rather 100%. live, you know, maybe somewhere along some water, somewhere nice, somewhere, somewhere tropical. But besides that, I mean, like the ease and the access of things here and now, like what do we, what I was saying about the teams, he has access to great quality teams. I mean, there, well, never take away the, the relationship that he had with Alpha Male. Those guys were like brothers to him, and I think they'll always be brothers, but those were also like the perfect size fighters for him. Right. He's going to get those same sort of fighters at Extreme, but I think he's going to get even more so. Well, and you know what you else know? might be unique, too, is because I was talking to Ode Osborne, and, and he was talking about how much Dewey Cooper has meant in his life, yeah. and he was talking about working alongside Cody and how yeah. good Cody is working. Um, but – you know, you think to that Team Alpha Male scenario, like they're all like brothers, right? Yep. But they all kind of admit like that there's not really a head coach. They just kind yeah. of like, you know, they all about rely I on mean, each other. Some right? of the brothers became the coaches. They did. You so know, they th- kind of stepped exactly. just to kind of step into it. Like, now there's head coaches yeah. because like they're the, but as they came up together, there wasn't. Yeah. And so you know, it might help to just have that guy in. Yep. in the, oh no, Dewey's Proper my structure. coach. He's yeah, he's the yep. one setting this out for me. I need you to do this. You know, I I think that's you know when some when somebody else is holding you accountable. Now Cody seems like the guy that holds himself accountable enough. Yeah. But still, there's something about answering to somebody else and like not wanting to let that person down and making yep. sure you're doing what they're supposed to maybe And we just heard that for. too from Ferguson. Ferguson yep. was one of the bigger ones recently that was like who always was like, I'm gonna, I'm directing my own thing, directing my own thing. But then when he got back to start taking from a coach recently, I feel like maybe even the last one, he was like, he was crediting how much better he felt because he did put himself back into that right. structure. I mean, I think when it comes to managing yourself, you know, I think it's great that fighters are you know, possibly at times getting rid of the manager thing, but we've also seen good examples of the coach managers. You know, sometimes fighters can do a lot of things on their own, and I think it's good for them to have the skills to do it. But in certain things, yes, it's good to kind of help maybe self-direct some of your training, but at least have that that ear, that shoulder that you can kind of lean on to make sure that you're going in the right place. Right. And if you're going to go the route where you're going to actually have a traditional head coach, you know, we see these guys make leaps and bounds because – it's one thing where you think you know, but you, you forget the little things. It's so easy to get caught up in the little thing. You know how us fighters do, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's so easy to get caught up in the one little that's thing what, you miss that's the minutiae. what minutia. Oscar tells me that's all the time, <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they just mix, they miss the minutiae, the small little bits and details, and that's the great thing about having a great coach. They see all the little things that you might overlook, and then they just shape you in the right direction. And he's at, I mean, out here in Vegas, work with those cats that he mentioned. I mean, there's, there's no better place. I mean, yeah. that's, it's perfect for him. And I'm, I'm looking for him to thrive. And even just sometimes out of 
the for the, the the act of forcing yourself to get into an uncomfortable situation, go to somewhere it's new. Not be enough. It's either going to sink you or it's going to you're going to you're going to rise to the top. Yep. You know, and I think that's this is that stage to see where he's going to be. And even if this fight maybe doesn't give him um, the 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 result that he needs, but if it's a step in the right direction. Uh, I'm looking forward to him. I mean, this could be a reemergence of his career yeah. by coming out here. Very, very uh, pa- passionate stuff, man. And, you know, there was something – it was weird. It was it was almost poetic to me. He was the last guy of the day. Some of the media had already bounced, you know what I mean? Some people yeah. had packed up and left. And you think Who about it. jerks? I know. Some people had. And it's just like, you know, top of the mountain, Cody Garbrandt. Now yeah. it's like, man, and, and bearing his soul in front of everybody. So, yeah. uh, big one, big one there. And I don't want to take away from Trevin Jones either, who, by the way, Trevin knows his back's up against the wall, but yeah. he was willing to jump in here on this opportunity and uh, fight a former champion. So, um, it's a tough fight. It's, it's a tough, tough fight for both sides. Both both guys have a lot of a lot of power and a lot of a lot of possibilities. And I mean, as much as I'm pulling for Cody, this is not an easy fight by no, any means. It's not, not an easy fight. Not any stretch. All right, let's talk about what everybody's here for. Of course, though, the main event: John Jones versus Cyril Gaon. No, oh, I thought it was going to be Mataj and, and Jalen. <laughs> I mean, that one too. That one too. I mean, listen. <laughs> hey, this is this, this is a stacked main card. The main card's good. I, I could see you know maybe some casual fans might not know Mataj. They might not know yeah. Shavkat. You know what I mean. Uh, but and if somebody hasn't paid attention, they might not even know who Bo Nickel is. Hundred percent. You know, 100%. they're going to be like, "Wow, who's this cat?" Yeah. You know, it, I, I'm I'm excited for it. But of course, I mean the the the, the name atop the bill, John Jones versus Cyril Gaon. Um, we got to see John Jones back again. I think there's still going to be some real intrigue in the face-offs at the press conference because. Um, you know, we're just going to see the size difference. But, of course, they might be wearing suits. They might be wearing all that. I think the weigh-ins on Friday is where we're really going to get an opportunity to see what John Jones looks like. I mean, we've seen a little bit in the countdown episodes and that sort of thing. Um, but, but I'm anxious to see what he looks like as a heavyweight. But I will say, and you talked about the ease at which he uh, came in today. You know, John, to me, has you're 100% right, and he's always had that nice, smooth tone, and he's always very calm and meticulous in the way he speaks. But... Throughout times in his career, I've always felt like John is really overthinking what he's saying and trying to say the right thing or trying to come off a certain way or build a certain type of reputation or uh, you know character or persona, if you will. But I, and I could be wrong, but I do feel like he's grown up a little bit, and I do feel like he's being a, a little bit more direct and open, and I, I don't know, I, I feel like he's gone about this thing the right way, and... Man, he is seemingly brimming with confidence ahead of this matchup. You know, I, I would say he stopped short of talking trash about Cyril Gaon. Um, still not saying his name right. Still not going so far as to actually pronounce his name properly. Uh, I think he has moved on from Cyril. So I think now it's yeah. more uh, Cyril. Um, but, it, but it is still gain. Um, but, you know, some of the things he said, you know, it's like he kind of didn't want to really talk trash but did also say, hey, this dude got outworked by Francis Ngannou. Like, a guy in Francis Ngannou that you don't think of as the cardio machine, a guy that you don't think of as the dude that's going to outwork you and that's going to outgrind you, you know, he's a guy that's going to land the one big shot. And yet, over five rounds, Francis Ngannou's effort and work ethic, um, that was what got him the fight. And so, it's not talking trash, but I think it's a pretty serious criticism to lay out there, a fair one at that. Uh, meanwhile, Cyril Gaon, I think, certainly not blown away by the moment by any stretch of the imagination, certainly not nervous ahead of this, it doesn't seem, certainly not as kind of overwhelmed as I think he was the first time fighting for the title. And he kind of admitted that, you know, that, man, all the cameras, all the added attention of the first heavyweight title fight, it was some pretty serious stuff. This time, 
Um, I, I'm way more comfortable with it. I think mentally I'm, I'm a lot more confident and comfortable this time around. And also Cyril would not minimize who he thought John Jones was going to be. You know, it's like, hey, no, I'm expecting vintage John Jones. I'm expecting that badass John Jones, um, but I'm expecting him – um, you know, and to, to also be as strong as a heavyweight is, I, you know. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm you know. When he was I'm given intrigued. numbers, when he was given numbers of his strength and like stuff he was lifting and stuff, and even just looking at him up there, I could, you could even tell the difference. Of, I mean, Cyril is a ginormous dude, but seeing Cyril sitting down, obviously looked like a big dude. Seeing John up there looked huge Massive. as well. Like, he is a big, strong dude. And for him to come in and say, and I, I agree with what he was saying, he's like, he didn't. he's not going to be towards the top of the heavyweight range. You know, he thinks he's going to come in between, like, 245, 250, I think is what he said, or 240, 250, mm-hmm. or something like that. That's a solid range, man. Yep. And watching some of the clips he's put on his social media of actually um, just working out, he had um, and Joku, one of the guys from, like, the Browns and stuff like that, uh, on, on his um, – on like social media, but seeing his size and his speed moving mm-hmm. around, holy sh! I mean, holy cow! Like it's everything that we thought Jones would be, um, in his, still having the speed, but now having a, a, a fully fleshed out heavyweight frame in good shape. Holy cow! I mean, the heavyweight. Oh man, I know we everybody's already. You got to we got to see how he's going to feel when he's taking these punches, but. It's Jones, man. We know what Jones yep. is going to bring, man. And seeing him up there and seeing how good he looked and seeing that frame and if his mental, his mentality is as lock and stock as it's supposed to be, he did sort of definitely sidestep the, the question of what happened out here at the Hall of Fame. You know, didn't want to bring it up. I thought right. there was a possibility that he could have addressed it because he still kind of went on immediately after that and was talking about, you know, thinking God and his mentality and, you know, finding religion or more with his faith or something a little bit along those lines. I was like, I was like, man, this is the perfect opportunity. You could have said something. Then I would know that his mind was fully, fully, fully kicked in. But maybe it was just a matter of like, he was just like, hey, that was that long ago. I don't want to even bring it up. I'm just going to stay focused on this. But uh, man, he sounded sharp. He looked sharp. Um, and as much as I like Cyril, I just, man, uh, I just don't see him having an answer for Jones. And maybe maybe that's just me leaning too far on what Jones has done in the past to immediately think that he's going to come in here and just just smash these guys. Jones at a light heavyweight was dominant, and I think a lot of the guys, the, the, the light heavyweights that he were fighting were decently matched in size-wise. John going up to the heavyweight fighting guys that don't have the same physicality, the same endurance and mm-hmm. stuff that he's bringing. And then now to hear some of the numbers of the strength, I just really feel, man, if his if his cardio is as good as he makes it sound, I just don't see guys uh, putting up a good fight I for just, him. I, look, look, I feel the same Except way. Except for maybe one. <laughs> well, what, Francis Ngannou Francis with the big Ngannou knockout, with power. The big knockout yeah, power? Yeah, with the one-hitter quitter. The, no. the equalizer. That will equalize the, everything else. But, I mean, when it comes down to technique, I mean, I think any – well – Ngannou's technique in his takedown defense has grown leaps and bounds. Yes. John has great takedown skills. I mean, like, he does quick with, like, sweeps and just weird, crazy, awkward things. He can get get, get that guys down. As much as I think Ngannou's improved, I still think Jones is going to have the advantage getting him down to the ground. Yep. And But it's the power. That power's obviously an equalizer. I agree. You know? I agree. But, man. But I'm with you in this matchup. And it's funny because I've been having some conversations with people over the last couple of weeks online or in online chats and stuff. And there's a lot of people that are just adamant that Cyril's the guy, that yeah. John is, is – John Cyril's has got walked. great power, but we've I, seen Cyril lose to guys that, you know, eh. I just wonder. I, it just makes me wonder if, I mean, 
because now I'm kind of wondering about the biases myself about right like. Well, dude, yeah. we've been watching the entire John Jones career. We've been seeing the entire domination. Yeah. But it has and, and, been and three I'll admit years, it. and this we has been it. a new division. Yeah. But I just still think I still think the wrestling advantage is going to be huge it's in gonna here. It's going to be huge. It's huge. I mean, it's you can't – that stuff doesn't go away. I mean, like right. that dominance and that availability. The, Bo Nickel can work on nothing but striking for the next three and a half years, and his wrestling still going to be leaps and abounds uh, across other people. If you right. have a great skill um, – that's going to work for you, you know, and it's going to be dominant. And John has a really dominant set of skills, but it's mainly, it's his, that length, the way he's able, he uses his legs in some of these trips and sweeps like their hands. Right. You know, and, and I think that's the difference that a lot of, a lot of big heavyweights aren't going to have that ability. I think they get so top heavy where they either want to try to lock the arms down. They're going to try to pull you in. And if you're trying to grab John's shoulder and you're trying to pull him in close to try to like stop him from striking you, next thing you know, he's going to tip you off balance and he's going to sweep your leg and he's going to get you down to the ground. Right. He's just really, really tricky and, and, and quick with that. And I just, and then to have the ability, and part of that's from the wrestling, just having such a great understanding of balance. That's why the, the yoga people are so, or not yoga, uh, judo people mm-hmm. are just so fantastic because they could literally be off balance but still contort their body and make you off balance and then pull you off even though you initiated the whole thing in the right. first place. John's has a way of doing that sort of thing. So, man, um, I would like, I want this to be a competitive fight because I want to see John actually take the punches of a heavyweight sure. that has good power. Cyril's super super tough. I mean, he's he's very. I mean, he's he's got good cardio, but most because most heavyweights, it's not it's not like boom 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 throw 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 throw. throw, throw. They hold that power, so they usually maintain it all the way through unless they're taking a lot of damage. So unless John's you know really peppering him, that that power is going to always be there. I'm I think John for the most part. Even though he's still a heavyweight, we're still going to see the same thing. He's going to work on the legs. He's always got those those little kicks that are always trying to take the balance out and take the, the, the power away. He's going to work on Cyril's legs. He's going to try to take that power away. And if he can get it to where Cyril can't move and then John's just able to have his way, I mean, it could be a bad night. And that's what I'm envisioning is going to happen. John's going to try to – they're going to be both very respectful. He's going to maintain the distance. And then he's just going to work on the legs. He's going to work on that lead leg. And then if Cyril can't stand on his leg and he doesn't have the power to throw – then John has nothing to worry about because half that power is going to be gone because he can't lean on his legs. Well, and it's funny too because like I think if you're Cyril gone, you probably want to chop the skinny legs of John Jones, yep. right? But we've seen people try that. But exactly, but <laughs> that allows John to reach down and grab your leg and yep. get into the takedowns. Now, yep. if you're Cyril and you make sure that you never throw a naked leg kick, like you make sure that Set up you, everything. everything has to come with a combination yep. ahead of it, you know. But but we see, I, I just have rarely seen people pull that off. It's like for yep. whatever reason they just forget and they end up throwing a naked leg kick and that and he, yep. and he only needs one. Yep. He only needs one. He's going to grab you and 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 get in on a single leg. Get he, in on once a trip. he gets you down, he's really really tough to get off your back. He's yes. tough to get him up. You know, I mean, it's and one he does thing damage that, from. Yeah. Yeah. Top. I mean, it's one thing to be like, say, like a Derek Lewis, which when he can push somebody up, it's just pure, pure power when he's actually just pushing you off. John has a way of just locking you down. I mean, mm-hmm. but Cyril's tough. I mean, Cyril might have the strength to push him off, but John's just got those legs and he just wraps around you, and it's just tough to get him off, you know. So, man, uh, I don't know. Maybe we are biased, but I just – We've seen time and time again guys at the super, super top level, they step away for X amount of time – and then they come back and they're still able to perform at a, high, at a high level. This is a guy that's been able to sit back, watch the game change, and mentally focus on it, but then train, get his body to a point where he feels absolutely 100%, and he's strong as ever as he's ever been, and he's been doing nothing but technique and training and strength training for the past like three years. 
Dude, I would hate to be the very first person that goes in there. I mean, but maybe that's the best thing because it's the first person that's actually going to feel it. Maybe he's not getting into his pure form. But I think at this at this point, he's been working on getting this proper form of what the, the version that we're going to see on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He's been working on that for years now. So what's going to show up on Saturday? I, I'm expecting a just a monster of a man that has every skill set and quickness of a light heavyweight but in a heavyweight frame because he's going to be smarter. He's still going to fight like a light heavyweight. He just happens to be at a heavyweight body size. The fight IQ is just what keeps going through my head, like how calm and calculated he is in there. He's been there everywhere. It's not like like he's ever been – the more it's like he's ever relied on his athleticism or relied on his power. No, he's relied on his technique and his ability to read a fight. And I think that still stays at heavyweight. It's not like you go, well, that dude, I mean, he could knock out everybody with one punch at light heavyweight, but I don't know if that's going to be the same at heavyweight. He never knocked out anybody with one punch at light heavyweight. That's not what he did. He picked you apart. He out-wrestled you. He And it looks like his frame is a legit heavyweight frame now. So, And was he the one that said – was talking about – and maybe it was him talking about somebody, but he just knows how to win. Mm-hmm. When he's pushed up against the, the, the wall, when he's in the corner, when he's down and out, like when we saw against Gustafsson and stuff like that, he wins. He finds a way to win. And I can't remember if that was him that was talking about it or if it was somebody else talking about it, but I remember that came up today and somebody was saying that, that particular phrase, and that's Jones. He's got a lot of IQ, but he, he finds a way to win. Yep. So even when you push him up against the wall and say, say if he starts getting hurt – Gon's gonna have to if, if if he does land a big big overhand or big something that shocks him, he's gonna have to go quick before John is able to get his head cleared because he's gonna find a way to get out. He's gonna think him his way out of it. He's gonna immediately try to clinch up and do something, but you have to go quick, quick, quick. Because yep. his brain is that's if anything else, and we've heard fighters say this over and over and over. The physicality is one part, but it might not even be the biggest part of what it is out there fighting. It's the mental side of thing. It's usually the mental side, the one that can push them in training to get to the point where they have the discipline to even get to this level, to stick with it, to get to, you know, this high level technique. But it's that what that that mental side that's able to just carry them through where most of us would just be cowering in a corner, you know, like being able to deal with like the fear and the and the whole anxiety of being in a fight like this. He just finds ways to win, man. And uh I'm really I'm 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 so looking forward just to see because I mean one we'll we'll sound like a complete jackass if he goes out there and gets starts <laughs> and we're like you guys well, made it sound like it was the second coming but well, all so- the ingredients are there to have it be just an incredible show I yep. mean I feel I mean I know a lot of people say that Gon's a guy dude on the flip side of it and I feel like I'm I don't want to be just putting John too high I think John has the potential to go out there and make Cyril look. Worse than we'd ever seen I before. I think you can too. John said, "I plan on going yeah. out there and making it look easy." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and he I, has the potential to do it. Yeah, and, and, but um, it's funny because you say that. Like, we both sit here on the same side of the fence, and I think we both feel confident in our pick. However, I do want to make it clear. I always say, number one, when somebody goes to a, ne- a new weight class, whether yep. up or down, that that creates question marks immediately, yep. right? How does their body adjust? Number two, in this situation, uh, it is the three-year layoff. That's huge too. Yep. And then thirdly, it's rare that we see somebody make a weight class change. And, oh, by the way, it's a 60-pound weight class change. You know what I mean? So, like, at heavyweight, we know anybody can finish a fight at heavyweight. So, I would not sit here and say, hey, man, go make sure and cash out your 401K, uh, you know, mortgage your house and put it all on John Jones. Because I'm I'm legitimately intrigued by this fight because of those variables. 
But when I look at it, I just, as you said, the recipe's there. I just feel yeah. like John Jones is the right play. I just wonder how much would he usually weigh in light heavy? He had to be going in there 210, 215. Oh, easy. 218, 220. Yeah. So figured if, if he's going in there and he thinks he's going to be 245 on fight night, it's not he's that only big added of a difference. 20, 25 pounds. It's not that big muscle. of a difference. And you, just, and, you, and you just don't have to have a weight cut. And you don't have to have that hard weight cut. Dude, Tell I'm you. telling you. I he made the right thing. It'd be, it'd be a whole different story if he was like, I'm going to go down to middleweight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then, we would, like, then we'd be like, okay, now you're nuts. Nope. You know. But going up was the logical move, and he looks every bit better for it. He, I agree. He really does. I mean, how many fighters have we seen just come in there and you're just like, man, you're killing yourself to make it, you know? Um, I think you think of, like, what he's doing on the heavyweight. Remember, we saw, you know, Rampage, you know, God rest his soul, you know, the the torment that he would put on his body when we'd see him fight night. Mm. This is the complete opposite. This is a guy that literally looks better than I've ever seen him before on a fight week. Are you talking about Rumble? Yeah. Oh, you said Rampage. Oh, yeah, Rumble. I was like, God rest his soul, because he did have some bad weight cuts, yeah. too, but I was like, oh, <laughs> no, no, you mean Rumble. actually God yeah. rest his soul. Yeah, 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 no, Rumble. Yeah, oh, but like John, bad. Yeah, Jones, I mean, literally, he looks as good as, you know, we haven't seen him on, you know, when he's, uh, you know, on weigh-ins. You know, of course, he's, yeah. he's like, teasing himself because he doesn't have a six-pack. But just the way that his, his face looks and he's fully fleshed out, he looks as good as he's ever done on yeah. a fight week, you it know. Looks, so that looks good. I'm, I'm anxious for that. All right, well, from one pound-for-pound pound grade to another, Valentina Shevchenko returns against Alexa Grasso. Uh, where do you stand on this one? Because here's – I mean, we know the story here, right? It's not a hard one. I mean, we know these two fighters very well. Yeah. Obviously, Valentina Shevchenko, one of the best to ever do it in the female division. Alexa Grasso has been somebody that we've enjoyed watching on her rise up to the top. Yeah. Her boxing is as smooth as it gets in the yeah. women's division. Um, she ha She's had a couple of phenomenal performances leading into this. Um, and then Valentina Shevchenko last time out against Tyler Santos didn't look as good as she normally does. Yeah. However – um, Shevchenko today said, oh, yeah, but it didn't look as great, but guess what? I'm still the champion, and that's what champions do. Yep. I'm fighting the best over and over, and maybe it wasn't my best night. Uh, again, uh, you know, we had heard directly of some injuries that she was dealing with leading into that. Um, I love Alexa Grasso as a fighter. I just believe I'm still in the mind, even after what I saw against Tyler Santos, I'm still not picking anybody against Valentina Shevchenko. And if it is going to be somebody, it might be Tyler Santos yep. in a rematch. It might be Aaron Blanchfield coming up. You know, it's somebody that's, that's – I just – I think the path to victory against Valentina Shevchenko does not uh, involve me saying I'm going to outstrike her because I just yep. I just think that's a, a difficult assignment. Do you, I mean, do, do you see – Alexa shocking the world here, or is just are we in a a position where this is just stylistically a really difficult matchup? I think it's a difficult matchup. I think she can make it fun. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm hoping it's a fun, competitive fight, and I think she has every bit of toughness and the ability to do it. And you're right, Tyler Santos made Valentina look human, but mm -hmm. I mean, Tyler Santos was she fought a perfect fight, you know. Maybe we see that fight run back a second time. Maybe it doesn't look as good, but that particular night it looked fantastic, and it, and it gave every bit the challenge for, for Valentina to get over. I mean, when you, you mentioned Blanchfield, right now if I put Blanchfield against Grasso in a fight, I don't know where I'm leaning on that one. Mm. And that says something about Blanchfield and that says something about Grasso. I think Grasso has great striking, but Blanchfield has completely impressed me so much the last couple performances. I just don't think Alexa uh, – obviously I, I went Val on this one as well. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a good fight, but – I just don't know if she has the complete tool set to, to bring Valentina. I think Val has to have one of those bad nights mm -hmm. um, 
which is what happened against Santos, but she still was able to get it. She was able to get that win, you know, and uh, I don't know. I just, if, if I can't think in my head immediately that Alexa can get past Blanchfield, I definitely don't think that she, I'm not going to lean and put money down for her to try to beat Val, but I mean, anything's possible when, uh, when Pena fought Nunez, I was like, there's no effing way. I'm like, I'm like, everybody was already writing the stories. Right. You know, Nunez was walking away, and Pena struck her up, man. Yep. So, I mean, the quality striking and a fighter not having a good night, we see what happens. So there's always a possibility. If Valentina has a bad night and Alexa has a hell of a great night striking and is able to do some damage, shit can win. Mm-hmm. She can win, you know? I just um, – but I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, like – you have to, you know, tie me against a, a a a chair and torture me for me to 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 not pick Val on that one. I mean, I have to be at my bare, you know, just ready to give up, you know, to 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 switch that pick. You know, I just don't, um, I just don't see enough. And and I think Alexa Grass is a great fighter. I mean, I I love her personality. Um, I think she's just talented. I just, I think right now she unfortunately she just she's going to be that perennial top of the division sort of fighter i just right now with valentina at the top i just don't see her overcoming that but i could be a complete jackass and wrong if we, she goes out there and sparks her because she does have incredible striking she has a great boxing um it's great boxing but val's but it's, just it's, good everywhere i it, mean like it really is it, you got to get close to throw those hands and that's where val wants to kick your face off you know but <laughs> yeah i mean alexa got she's got great head movement you know i'm not i think those kicks just like when we said Earlier, you know, you got to set the. She's gonna have to set those up. She's if she tries to just throw those out, Alexa's gonna be be able to move and get out of the way. But Val sets everything up, man. Val, like we're like we're buddies. I don't know how all of a sudden she just became. <laughs> I was Val wondering. I was like, I've never. I've never. I was like, I don't think I've never heard like anybody call her Val. But you know, I'm like, Val, you know, you know we're I mean, tight like that. We're tight. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. I mean, Valentina, she is uh, or Val, if you will. She's come with that, Val. Can we can we talk Spanish? We could. Uh, she is 34. I think she's turning 35. Uh, I believe later this month um but she's also a, a lifelong martial artist yep. who doesn't damage her body i mean that's still prime you know? i mean don't uh, ask don lemon that but right. i mean that's still prime <laughs> <laughs> Wow, poor guy that's is crazy. that a throw one of the best i love it uh <laughs> i love it well and she and she's not one of these people you know it's it's she, she doesn't party and stuff no, like she's that you know lifelong I mean? non-stop training i doubt yep. she, she maybe does she even drink? Maybe like some champagne when she's just I like she was at the World MMA Awards and I didn't see her having a cocktail. Yeah. Maybe she did. She's a lifelong martial artist. I mean, she's gonna be physically fit for the rest of her life. Like I'm not worried about her gassing out or doing anything. Like her 48 year old body is gonna be better than most 30 year old, you know, people. So yep. yeah, she's gonna be okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I I mean, look, I think you're right. I think Alexa can make it interesting. I think she can make it fun. But I just to me, I still think. The, to, to beat Valentina, you need to have superior grappling. I just don't a know that that's bit the of luck case as here. Well. And a little bit of luck as well. And a little bit of luck as well. Uh, all right, Shavkat Ragmano versus Jeff Neal. Uh, that's a lot of people high on, on Shavkat, of course. I mean, how can you not be at, at 16-0 and 0 with 16 finishes? I mean, that is an unreal track record against anybody you're talking about. But meanwhile, you've got Jeff Neal, who I think, number one, is coming in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, feeling like he's not getting the respect that he deserves. He's he's coming off uh, a couple of impressive performances. He's uh, definitely shown, I think, to be getting better. I mean, his uh, you know knockout of Vicente Luque last time out was impressive. Um, you know, all the confidence in the world, as I said, and I believe feels like he has a point to prove. 
I like Jeff Neal a lot. I like the fact that, you know, this fight got rescheduled and he didn't shy away from it. You know, yeah. in fact, as 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 uh, Shavkat, well, not as Shavkat. As Shavkat's management team was chirping on social <laughs> media uh, through his account, um, Jeff chirped right back and was like, hey, man, if you want to go, let's go. Like, I'm not just because I got, you know, hurt and had to step aside doesn't mean I'm afraid of taking you in any kind of a matchup. Um, I like the confidence. He certainly has the ability to end fights with power. Um, but I, I do think Shavkat does look like the real deal. It looks yep. all the part of future title contender. So um, I, I guess ultimately, did you did you lean Shavkat here as well? I did, and I, I think Jeff Neal's a great fighter. Shavkat's just man. Just I mean, his power can equalize a lot of things. I mean, if he catches, if Shavkat doesn't think that he's got power and leaves his chin out there, Jeff can hurt him. But man, Shavkat's a big dude, mm-hmm. and I mean, his 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 he's got great. Ground skills. I mean, he's strong, and he's a good striker on his own right. Um, I did lean that way, but man, um, there's been times in the past where I've I've written off Jeff before a fight, and he <laughs> and he proves me wrong, right. you know. And this could be one of those fights. I mean, this is he had he can only win in this fight. I mean, everybody, a lot of people are expecting him already to lose. So if he goes out and has a decent performance, people are gonna be like, oh man, that was great. You did better than we thought. You know, we thought you were gonna lose to this undefeated killer. You know. But if he goes out there and shocks the world, then people are going to be like, "Wow, you know." And he has every he has he has the potential to do it. He's got power. He's just I think his power, like some of the other guys, it's better early on for for some of these guys. They don't I don't think hold the power all the way through like uh, heavyweights do, mm-hmm. and especially if they're taking damage or if they're being grinded out, and you know which could happen in this one. Um, but he's he's got the power to equalize it. I just I just think, man, Shavkat's the real deal. Yeah, and to I your think point, he's the real, real deal. I do too. And to your point, I was just checking the tail of the tape. Uh, two inch reach advantage for Shavkat, uh, one inch leg reach advantage as well, according to UFC stats anyway. Um, and then of course, I, I don't think anybody would deny the wrestling advantage that lays there as well. So yeah. when you're when you're the bigger man that has the you know the the reach advantage in all aspects, and you also have the wrestling game that you can turn yeah. to as well. <laughs> yeah, because you you want to get past that reach, but then wait, no, oh, you're getting into his area where he wants you to go, you know, but. Again, uh, if Shavka gets tired and he, and he lets that chin out there, Jeff has the power to end the night. You know, I just – it's a tough ask. It's a tough ask, but uh, I think it's going to be a good fight. I mean, that's a great one leading into the two title fights for sure. Yeah, it really is. It really yeah. is. Uh, as well as Matash Gamrot versus Jalen Turner, that's a yeah. fantastic fight as well. Matash Gamrot is an absolute beast coming off a loss, but, um, you know, as he said, he kind of lost his focus in that one and, and paid the price for it. Um, but he is an incredibly talented individual. Meanwhile, Jalen Turner, man, this dude just keeps getting better and better and yeah. better. And you want to talk about size advantages. You yeah. want to talk about reach advantages. According to the official stats here, a six and a half reach advantage on the feet for Jalen, a seven inch leg reach advantage for Jalen, which is just insane. That's crazy. Um, but of course, uh, Matausch has the ability to neutralize all that with you know the fact that he can get in on takedowns, and uh, I think he's certainly not going to want to try to set up and have a kickboxing match with Jalen Turner. Yeah. Um, you know this one is intriguing to me too, and I I usually tend to favor uh, the superior grapplers. You know. Um, especially if they're not a grappler that has no striking whatsoever. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's somebody that's just a pure grappler, and nothing else, then you got to be a little bit wary of what happens on the feet. But Matouche to me is a superior grappler with a well-rounded striking game as well. Uh, I kind of lean towards Matouche here, although um, I kind of hate to see the good story of Jalen Turner come to an end here because it's I mean, yeah. this ride that he's been on has been pretty spectacular. I can't remember who I leaned on this one. Um, 
It's funny because if you ask Armin Sarukian, he would say that Matalish is on a two-fight losing streak. Yes, he would. <laughs> yes, um, but, he would. Uh, but he was able to get through that fight. I mean, he took Benil Dirius to a decision. You know, it was a unanimous decision. I thought Benil looked awesome in that fight. But still, I mean, like, Matalish, I mean, he's a tough, tough kid, man. Uh, he's super, super strong. Um, I think he's fighting at a good level. It's another guy that sort of find find ways to win. But, yeah, I mean, uh, he's got to be careful because Benil – Pieced him up. Armin got some good strikes on him too. And Jalen, man, if he gets going and he starts doing some damage with that length, um, it could be a bad night for Matalj. I, gosh, I can't remember. I was trying. This is the the computer. I don't have Outlook on, so I can't see who I picked on it. Um, <laughs> it's, I, but I think this is one of the ones one. I went it's back for. I agree. I picked Matalj the last couple of times he's fought, and but I I don't know if this was the one that I I think I maybe switched for Turner. But I'm gonna probably say I was Matalj as well. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if I did take Turner. Um, but again, this is gonna be another one when we see them size up at the way, and I think oh it's gonna be, it's gonna look ridiculous. <laughs> it's gonna look ridiculous. It's gonna look ridiculous, and I think a lot of people are gonna be like, "Oh wow!" And I I wouldn't be surprised if you see the money line switch, especially if you're getting the way bigger dude as a yep. dog. Yep. Yep. You're gonna see some money. You're gonna see some money switch in that one. But again, yeah, I mean that's a, it's a quality fight. I mean, and if people, you know, if somebody's just tuning into this card and they don't really know those names. That's every bit of fight that's going to be fun for them to watch. I mean, I, yeah. think, I mean, it's going to be great. I mean, they could have literally – the way that they're hyping up Bo Nickel and, and Pickett, I could have easily seen them pushing that fight a little bit higher because they want to really push towards Bo. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the two guys that are in this fight, Gamrot and Turner, I mean, like, they legit. Um, I mean, I don't know if, if – I, I hear oftentimes you say people say, oh, well, that fight could easily, you know, main card a fight night. I don't know if those two would have the name value, but in terms of the ranking, they do have the ranking yeah. to where you could put them on top of well, a fight night. Well, in this era, they definitely could. Yeah, now, true, yeah could, could Could they, do, <laughs> could they uh, headline a heavily anticipated fight night? Might be a better way to look at it, right? <laughs> but you're right. No, what these, country would we have to be in yeah. for that one? <laughs> these, these all have really – uh, legitimate impacts in the rankings, right? I mean, yep. you're people that are, that are, you know, just hovering outside the top five, you know, in that top ten. So yep. I agree. These these are meaningful fights, and I think that's why, for hardcores especially, this main card is looking good. I mean, I think this was a well-constructed card in, in terms of those four fights right there because yep. for casuals, all you need to know is John Jones is in there, right? That's all you need to know. Yep. It's the return of John Jones at heavyweight, and I don't care what else is on there. I can't miss that fight. Now, then you capitalize on Shevchenko as well, a yeah, pound for pound great. Yeah, another title fight Right, in there. so there yep. you go. So at, at that point, I think the casual fan is in. But for the hardcore, uh, this you know this is these two other fights are great. Now, it all boils down to that opener. Bo Nickel versus Jamie Pickett. And I, and I want to ask you about this because it came up a little bit today, and it's been a lot of discussion, right? We know Bo Nickel, all right? If you're listening to this, we don't need to lay out the pedigree. We don't need to lay out the, the, the wrestling history. We don't need to lay out what he's done. Boy, when he started talking about Penn State being the winningest program, I was like, bro, maybe in wrestling. <laughs> I was like, don't. I was like, I immediately started going. I was like, let me pull up some pen, Big Ten stats. I was like, I'm gonna give you wrestling. I'm in gonna wrestling, give you wrestling. They're, gonna, they're gonna own they're, you now. They're an effing dynasty in they, wrestling. They right are now. a dynasty. They're unbelievable. Um, but you know, he's he's got less than two and a half minutes. So here's so he's on the main card here. Now I think the big thing is a lot of people look down to to Derek Brunson and Drickus Duplessis. You got number five versus number ten on the ESPN prelims. Now yep. Derek Brunson, I think correctly, was just like, dude, I don't care. I don't make any more money either way. 
Drickus seemed a little bit salty about it, right? Where he's like, yeah, I don't understand why I'm not there. Um, I would contend and remind people that a lot of times the prelims on ESPN do get viewed by more people than the actual yep. pay-per-view does. So I think yep. that's something to take some solace in. But I get it. Drickus is on the way up. He's had some amazing performances. Um, and, and uh, you know, he feels that maybe he's getting a little bit slighted here by not being on the main card. But, but you're right. It's a legit ESPN, too. It's not even ESPN+. Plus. It's right. ESPN. It's, so, like, if you have a cable pro- – Plat, uh, program or whatever cable account like of we used any to have, kind, you're going to see this. You're going to have. You're going to see it. So I mean, you're right. The bars that aren't, you know, if you happen to be out on the Saturday bars, night and it. the bars that aren't buying the pay per view, yep. there's they four will fights have guaranteed that are going to be able to be seen everywhere, and this is one of those. So ones. I don't think it's such a slight, but yeah. here's the argument that I think you know. So uh, the the question I've seen a lot of people you think asking it is, should have been the featured. Uh, just going back to the Drickus. You think he would have been happier if it was the featured prelim and not the second from the the maybe, maybe. But I think stylistically, yeah. I think Garbrandt, Garbrandt. and Trevin Jones, and you know, former at, champ, dude, even though Drickus was in another uh, right. But he was Garbrandt's a star. Garbrandt's yeah. still a star at this yeah. point, and you just know Garbrandt and Jones are going to go in there and throw down. Like yeah. I know Jones is like, I think Cody's going to wrestle. I'm like, eh, is he? No, is somebody's going to go to sleep. <laughs> somebody's going to sleep. You're looking for that big finish. All right, so yeah. here's my question though: Is the question and, and it. And I'll just go ahead and preface it by saying what I had to say because, look, the question is, does Bo Nickel deserve to be on on the pay-per-view? And here's the thing I think you got to realize is, does he deserve to be? I guess if you're saying by his accomplishments, absolutely not. Yeah. No business whatsoever. Within MMA. Within yeah. MMA. Within yes. MMA. Absolutely. No business whatsoever. But think about this. What do you think ESPN wanted? Yeah. Do you think ESPN wanted Bo Nickel, this dude that everybody either believes is the next coming and they might as well anoint him champion now, or believes is an overhyped you know, uh, product, a hype train that isn't going to accomplish anything and that is you know, the next uh, you know, Sage Northcutt and Paige Van Zandt getting way too much attention before they deserve it? I'm not yeah. saying – I didn't mean to say that they never became anything. I'm saying yeah. that, that you know, they got that push yeah, yeah, that yeah. maybe people didn't say that they, they felt they deserved, right? The reason that he is Bo Nickel is on the main card is because people want to put that behind a paywall to see that if you care enough about seeing if Bo Nickel's the real deal or not, you're gonna have to put your money down. And oh, by yep. the way, you'll also get John Jones, you'll get Valentina Shevchenko, you'll get these other matchups. Yep. So I, I guess if you know, if the question is, does he deserve to be there? Now again, you point out correctly according to his UFC accomplishments or MMA accomplishments only, he only has two and a half minutes of MMA experience. Yeah. So, no. Which he, says something right there as he well. He absolutely does not, yeah. right? I mean, did CM Punk deserve to be on a UFC right. pay-per-view? Right. Of course he didn't. Right. Did, you know, but did it make all the sense in the world for him to be on a pay-per-view? 100%. Of course it did. And I think yep. we're in the same situation with Bo Nickel here. Obviously, Bo Nickel is a, you know coming from an entirely different background than CM Punk, but that's the thing is – even ESPN, there's no way that ESPN was going to the UFC and going, hey, about this card lineup here, bro. Yeah. I mean, who's this nickel guy and why is he on our pay-per-view? You know, they're going, hey, business partner, let's make sure if anybody wants to see yep. this Bo Nickel thing, they got to pay $75 to do it. Well, remember when we saw him at the, even the Contender Series, he had a documentary crew following yeah. him around. Like, they already realized that there is something with this kid. and. As many people, that very first like contender fight, so he went out there and just starched dude in like matter of like moments. Right. If somebody was still like 
hmm, I'm just not quite sure about this guy. He hasn't really been tested. And you bring up the two and a half minutes. If you haven't seen enough of what the potential of this guy is at two and a half minutes, and then look at the accolades of what this guy did, like three-time national champion, three-time Big Ten conference champion. The guy has, I mean, he is an Olympic-level wrestler that didn't go to the Olympics, but he has every bit of the respect of the Olympic wrestler, wrestlers and the guy that do that. But he also has hands. He's got good striking, but we just haven't really even seen it. But the guy, he says everything. 135 and 5 in college. 135 and 5 in college, including two straight undefeated seasons to close out. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. When people were doubting, uh, when people looked at Cejudo and were like, oh, okay, yes, we get it. He was an Olympic wrestler. We get it. He's proud to say that he was an Olympic wrestler. But what's it going to look like when he gets in there? And he went in there and beat the the pound for pound at the time. The guy there was like, nobody's going to beat on Johnson. You know, he's going to do this other stuff. There's something about these wrestlers that get to this certain level that you just see something and you know it. And Bo has every bit that. I mean, and when you hear him up there talking – He's already got, you know, and I think a lot of this is credit to his time at Penn State because I guarantee Penn State put him through the, the media game. Media training. Like, non-stop, oh, yep. you know, talking. He says everything right up there. He repeats the question back. I mean, he he's picture perfect in what you want uh, an athlete. If you say, I'm going to put you up in front of media, are you going to be okay? Yeah. He's going to be okay. Gonna be. Oh, but, oh you know? by the way, but, I mean, what about the first time he has to fight in front of 17,000 people? I mean, isn't he going to get nervous? Oh, no, that's right. Uh, no, I was at Madison Square Garden, sold out as a, yeah. as a teenager. You know I, what I mean? And I guarantee Penn State is a huge, like, program. Like, I oh. guarantee their arena holds more than 18. It's probably 20-some thousand. Absolutely. And, they, so, like, and it the gets guys, packed. And the guys – so he's, the guy's used to it. He's done it. Yeah, he's he's, done. It's, and, it's unbelievable. And I've seen people that – and I get it, man. I, I, I think sometimes people just – when people are identified as the next big thing, a lot of people just want to hate on him. Just they want because. to hate on it, yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say, "Yeah, look, he only he only went to MMA because he failed out in the Olympic trials. He failed out in the Olympic trials to the dude that went and won the gold medal." That's ridiculous. So I mean, if if you were allowed to send more than one person to the Olympics, yeah. he may have gotten a silver medal. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's not the way it works. And so that's why when you realize, well, I'm going to move on. And plus, he was just a big MMA fan. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go try that. So he's. It's funny because there's been so many uh, high level wrestlers that we've always that people have identified like man if they only made that move man they would be something this is one of the guys that did that and he yep. made the switch you know like we always talk about like jordan burrows and some of the other cats man they would be so dominant this guy decided hey i like punching people in the face i like <laughs> the challenge and he just happens to be good at it. so yeah you can't look at the the three and oh whatever record and be like man i'm just not quite sure you know uh you can be sure about this kid i mean he has he, so. it's gonna be fantastic but I love what Pickett was saying. You know, he likes the idea of being this guy. Like, okay, yeah, you you want to bring me in here to be the guy to lose? I'll be the guy to test him. You know, and, and he fully embraces it. And it's not an easy test by any means. Pickett's got the right mindset if yeah. he can maintain that mindset. And I know it might be tough. He, yeah, once you start getting grinded out out there well, and you can't do anything. And I don't even mean that. I just mean, like, all the way and, – and definitely that. But I mean yeah. all the way to, like – Fight night, like you got to tune out all the noise. Like yeah. you can't listen to anything. I know, I know. Donovan Beard, um, you know, obviously I knew Donovan Beard from CFFC, and uh, he's a tough dude. And he was like going. To, he's like, he's like, I don't care who Bo Nickel is. Like I don't really know, but. He, he allowed himself to start listening to the hype as he got there. And he's like, yeah. he admitted like at the moment afterwards, he was like, damn, like right when it came time to turn it on. It kind of got to me like, oh my god, I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm, you know. Yeah. But luckily, at least Pickett is been here before it's not yeah. like you know what i mean it's, so it's, it's not that added debut or right. you know fear or whatever so um it's still gonna be a tough test but i'm just i'll be honest man 
I'm all in on the Bo Nickel bandwagon. Um, am I saying guaranteed future champion? You know, put him right now. Like for instance, today, right? Bo Nickel says, "Man, I like to visualize things." You know, somebody asked him about Hamzat, right? And he's like, yeah. "Hey, man." I think it'd be amazing. Me and Hamza at Raider Stadium, you know, sold out. Could be one of the biggest fights in the sport. And, you know, I'm sure people are going to pick out that headline and be like, this jackass hasn't yeah. even fought in the UFC yet. Like, what's he talking about? But, dude, you got to respect somebody. He's like, dude, yeah. when I went to college, I said, I'm going to be an undefeated four-time national champion. And you know what he did? He was a three-time national yeah. champion and went 135 and five. So he didn't ridiculous. quite reach there, yeah. but he got pretty damn close. So I think yeah. sometimes – when people had their sights set so high, it's like that old saying, right? Like if, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not high enough or whatever, you know, I agree with that. Like yeah. it's, 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 you need to have, shoot for the stars, whatever. Like I want to yep. be that great. And I know there's going to be people that hear him say that and hate on him for it. I'm not that guy, man. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of the matchup. I was a little surprised when he was like, Oh, put in a stadium or whatever. I was like, well, maybe down back because well, you'd right. have to have the proper. Uh, I think he means down the road. I mean, yeah. I think he means let them both win some fights. Yeah. <laughs> let them, you know, let them work. I mean, because you have to have a nice little supporting cast to carry that sort of thing. Like right now, you're like, eh, wow, yeah. that fight sounds absolutely fantastic. I'm like, would I pay money for it? No, it's not a stadium no. fight now. But I, th- I think that's what he's saying is like, let's not burn that matchup right away. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like, like, I agree with that. Why don't 100%. you let us? Why don't you let us win a couple fights where all of a sudden yeah. they're like they're they've been chirping each other. Now, not not the boxing model where you wait like five years to get there. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, yeah. uh, let us win a couple fights and and, and, it, and it becomes inevitable. These are the two trains yeah. on the track that must collide. Yeah. Ah. at least a year. Give it a good solid year. At least three or four, three or four at fights. At least. Yeah, because you start winning, and he wins three or four fights yeah. in dominating fashion. People no, you, are gonna people are gonna be chirping for him to get something. You big. need to get you need to get yeah, like both these dudes in the top five. Maybe one of them's a champion. Maybe you yeah. know, I mean, probably yeah, one of them would probably have to yeah. be a champion, and then that would be the the contender that just made sense. So yeah, because you figure you know if he has dominant wins, I mean, granted, at two wins or so, he ha- two, well maybe it takes three wins to break into the top ten, and then maybe another couple to get that contender fight and something like that. So yeah, maybe it would take about five fights, but. He has he has the he has the he has the skills. I mean, he has the he has the the gift of gab, um, and yeah, he's got people behind him. We've seen people behind guys moving mountains for these fighters. You come in with a a force of people behind you, uh, Dana and the and the matchmakers will make shit happen. And if you can you can actually make it work, it's impressive. It's impressive. But yeah, man, it's gonna be a good main card. I think the I think the whole card's actually pretty decent. I know we say it a lot of times. Everybody likes to shit on some stuff, but I mean, look at Ian Gary down there. Uh, you know, finishing off as the featured fight press prelims. Like that's a good fight, bro. There's not a single fight on here where I'm looking at it going. Eh. Yeah, I mean, eh. I mean the first fight starting is not bad. I mean, like, but it's like it's pretty good all the way about. I mean, like second fight's good. What do you think? Well, I know we're we're starting to get near past that hour, but that. Uh, Jessica Penne and Ricci. So you know, listen. Um, if, had, if I had to pick a fight where I was like the probably the least like, eh, well, it, it, it's that. See, fight. here's the thing: is this is a very, very tough fight for Jessica Penne. Tough, tough, tough. But tough. remember, I worked alongside of her. A few I know times that's why I, I was like, so I know like, this is gonna be rough for you because you want to that's, pull for it. But if man. I if I if I didn't have a dog in the race, you know what I mean? I'd yeah. be like, yeah, that's one. That's that's that looks like I think I could. But but. Jessica's yeah. a great grappler. She's a yeah. great grappler. She's 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 in good shape. She's healed up. Yeah. And and I'm biased as hell because I worked with her at CFFC. So I'm 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 hoping she can pull off the upset there. She's yeah. a sizable underdog. She needs it. I mean, I I think 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I know she before that last loss, she had a bunch of canceled bouts, but she had two wins over Carolina Kovacavich, which is huge. Lupita, not as big as the 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 KK win, but um, man, uh, with the injuries and other stuff, I don't know. I hate trying to like send people off. If she doesn't, if she doesn't have a really good showing this, I I have a feeling this might be the last time we see her in the UFC. It's possible. It's possible, and I hate I hate to hear that as well. I mean, I think she's already kind of looking at what comes beyond yeah. uh, the fighting career as well. I mean, obviously, um, she's still in phenomenal shape at 40 years old. But I mean, how long do you continue to fight at yeah. 40 years old? And as you said, she's had some setbacks. I think. For a fight that you're trying to pull an upset against the Tabitha Ricci, I think she at least has the right style to do it. Like yeah. if 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 uh, Jessica was a vaunted striker, you know, and, and and with no grappling game, I might say, "Ooh, this is tough." Yeah. But but she does, so um, so it's it's a hard one. But um, I just know that I will be cheering for her. Uh, on the, As you on, should on the inside, of course, not you know, not outwardly. I will maintain my professional demeanor <laughs> as a journalist, uh, but I will certainly quietly be, clapping on the inside. Yeah, quiet, oh, oh, good, good, good. <laughs> I will be cheering for her opponent as well on the inside, there you so go. that both everybody just has a great night, walks away safely, <laughs> and can go back home to their family. Uh, but no, I'm looking forward to it. UFC 285. Uh, I guess. I do. I, I know we're wrapping up. I did want to say a quick shout out to Darren Till. There will be no Darren Till bad talk no. around these parts. Um, obviously, no longer with the UFC. It sounds like uh, it was of at least his own choice, which I'll be for honest now, with you. now, maybe. Which I don't think is a bad decision. To yeah. be honest with you, step outside a little bit. Whether it's because yeah. whether it's because you need to be out of the USADA program for a little while to handle some business, or whether it's because you just want to go take some you know lower level fights yeah. because uh, you know That's you want to get that confidence side. back and, yeah. and and work on some things I, all the way around. Look, Darren Till's a star that makes a lot of money. He was never going to get any easy matchups in that division. I know he wants to get that confidence back. And like I said, maybe he's dealing with some lingering injuries that some time away from USADA might yeah. assist him with. But I will say, uh, I think I speak for all of us, the entire staff of the MMA Roadshow. Isn't that right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there will be no Darren Till slander around these parts. No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad when I was hearing that uh, – Everybody was sort of saying that was on his, like it was his account. I, I hope that's true and not him just putting a, a nice light on it. Um, because, yeah, I mean, obviously we want the best things for Darren. I mean, I can he can do no wrong in my book. But I just, I'm glad that if it is on his thing, I'm hoping good things off to the side, whatever sort of works out. Um, and if he can maybe make that return He's at some point. He's still young enough he can make He's it still back. young enough. And, and obviously the UFC is smart enough to know that people love the dude. You know, mm -hmm. people love that kid. So, uh yeah, I mean, but that's tough, man. Doing some, you know, I I hate to see him just go and throw his face in a bunch of random fights, you know, elsewhere just to get, you know, no, small paychecks or something. Gotta be smart. I want him to be smart, you know, and be maybe smart. you know see what other little things are out there and stuff. But uh, he's a good kid, man. So, uh, but yeah, it was it still hurt. It still hurt seeing I that. I, I saw know. I saw the the roster, the fighter watch roster removed, whatever, and I, I was like. Fuck. I know. I that know. Hurt a it hurt a little bit. I think we'll see him again. I think we'll see. <laughs> I hey, hope so. Brandon Moreno got cut from the UFC. You know what I mean? Look That's who he true. Is. This this is even a cut. This is just a move away to take yeah. care of some things, and uh, we'll see there until back again real soon. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you all you at the and a half episode yeah. over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. If you like what you listen to from us for a little as $3 a month, you can help support the show. Certainly appreciate that. Put out an extra episode this week uh, on all platforms, just a little pilot episode of my interviews. Uh, I, I like cutting out little social clips, but I also like uh, interviews in whole. And I listen to a lot more audio than I watch video. So uh, gave that a run. So if you have any feedback on what you thought the interview show was like, certainly want to appreciate that. Uh, but hope everybody is gearing up 
for this incredible pay-per-view, UFC 285. We'll be looking forward to it. We'll be there on Fight Night. We'll have the and-a-half episode afterwards. Hopefully it warms up by then. <laughs> It'll but be warm. I better get I think, warm. I It'll be so. hot inside t so, Arena. Well, it was certainly hot enough inside the, the uh, Apex today. I'd take my sweatshirt off. It's hot in there. <laughs> First world problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm off to my kids' soccer practice. I think they're overcompensating because it was so cold outside. <laughs> I, was, I was like, why is it so hot bro, in here? Bro, the heater needed to be on. It is freezing outside. Snow is falling in Las Vegas on March 1st. What is wrong with you, weather? Fix everything. <laughs> and thanks for listening.